Em, can you believe we are in our third season of Interview Boss? Not really. It's crazy. But that means there are over 90 episodes we've made. (gasps) Oh my God. Scrolling through all of our episode titles, you might miss an episode that actually is exactly what you're looking for. Yes, we get so many messages of people asking us to do an episode on something and we're like, we already have. So we've put together playlists to help you find the episodes that are best suited to you. If you're applying for jobs, we have episodes about resumes, cover letters and job ads. If you've been offered your dream job, we have episodes on resigning, exit interviews and how to impress at your new company. Yes, and we even have a playlist for if you have an interview like tomorrow and you need just our most recommended episodes, just the ones you really need between now and then. Exactly. It is all there for you. You can browse by category. Check out the playlist at www.interviewboss.com.au forward slash podcast. Ravioli, ravioli, give me the formioli. (laughs) Hey everyone and welcome back to Interview Boss. My name's Emma. I'm a third year journalism student soon I'm going to change that to say journalism graduate who's teamed up with my sister to give you advice, inspiration and support when you're looking for a new job. Sarah is a HR and recruitment professional and together we're excited to give you guys all the tips, tricks and behind the scenes knowledge to help you in your career. Hey Em and welcome back everyone. This week's Shoot Your Shot shout out goes to our listener Molly who said... I had been applying for jobs for over a year and I felt stuck in my post-uni role. I listened to your podcasts and got an interview within two days, aced the interview today and have been offered a job hours later. Your advice helped me to be so much more confident and really put myself out there. Um, She also asked me for some advice on negotiating her salary um, and she actually, you know, went ahead and asked for more money, which is something she said she'd never would have done earlier. She wasn't actually able to get more money, um, but she got herself a guaranteed future increase and the costs of some study covered as well. Incredible. Which is amazing because we always say it's not always just about the money. In this case, she got more Mm. than she would have um, got had she not asked. So amazing result. What a power move. Just like boom, boom, boom. Two days interview. Boom, job. I know. Two hours later. Like they, they must have absolutely loved her. For sure. Molly, you are a superstar. You heard it here first. If you liked one of our episodes, used a tip we sent you, or you want to request an episode specifically on your situation or industry, slide in to our DMs. Yeah, we've got some listener requests coming up on our um, next episodes that we're planning. And shameless plug, if you have an interview coming up, check out Sarah's one-on-one sessions. You can find out all about it at www.interviewboss.com.au forward slash coaching. Yeah, that's right. Hang out one-on-one with me. Today's episode is going to be all about contracts and employment documents. So this is an app if you've just got a new job. We're celebrating mm. you. The um, hype and excitement, It's you know, you've celebrated. Now it's time to get into it. Contracts. Contracts can seem a bit um, foreign. Intimidating. To the job seeker eye. How many Mm. times have we all just signed random things and not read it? Our lease agreement. It's like the terms and conditions. Yes, I agree. Just sign away. Sign away. Yes, sounds good. We're going to get into it, help you find out what you need to know, what you need to look for, 
what to follow up on so you can feel confident Mm. signing that dotted line, signing your life away. So on the note of contracts, I've actually been talking to a couple of people recently who have been offered jobs and they're so excited, but then it takes them a little while to actually get their contract Um, and they get really anxious and they're kind of going, where is it? Like it's been a couple of days, it's been a week and I literally last week have been on the other side of this because I've been the one who's, you know, I'm going to get you a contract, I'm just getting around to it and I've got like... 50 million things going on. So just a word to say, be patient. It is so, so rare, so rare for something to go wrong between them offering you the job and giving you a contract. Like, Which is so irrational because we feel like we can't yeah. celebrate until we have the contract and what if it's not proper, like, but it would probably happen in 1% of cases. Like they don't make verbal job offers unless I they're r- r- the real deal, it's been approved you can't exactly. let someone down like that. So don't stress yeah, and think that exactly. it means something's gone wrong. Give them some grace. Exactly. And I think in my head mentally what I'm thinking as an HR person slash recruiter is when I'm getting to those final stages of wanting to offer you the job, wanting to lock you in, and I've called you, offered you, given you the salary, you've accepted, that project then goes from super, super urgent to in my admin bucket of something that I yeah. have to do but it's like sending out the contract. It's like the formal part, the admin part. Um, and just occasionally it drops down the to-do list. Yeah, the and urgent like, part I have to was telling with... them you had the job. It, exactly, exactly. Um, so just a little, you know, behind the scenes insight into what might be going on. Um, by all means, if it's been a week, check in and follow up um, for sure. Like that's totally fine. But, but um, don't pay just after two days. Just literally maybe. Yeah, (laughs) unless you have a real reason of like, I've got another offer, blah, 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 something like that. But yeah, if it's been a day or two, um, just, just, you know, hang in there. Silent prayer for the recruiter who's probably really stressed. (laughs) All right, let's talk about contracts. Now, we're going to give some quick Mm. Australian context. International listeners ignore this because we don't know you about. Where yeah, this is just for and I thought I thought this is handy to to kind of throw in here for Australian listeners, um, and this is kind of the legal background for what covers you and your employment terms and conditions in Australia because I'm going to refer back to this in a second. Um, so every employee in Australia is covered by 11 national employment standards. Uh, Full time and part time, so permanent people get covered by all of them. Casuals are only covered by some of them. They set out the minimum terms and conditions for all employees in Australia, okay? And they cover things like um, annual leave, public holidays, really basic stuff. So what you might find is um, that your contract or something doesn't necessarily spell it out because you're just covered by them automatically. An employer can't opt you out of any of these. They will always, always apply regardless. Okay. So important to know if they don't say X amount of annual leave days, it's because it doesn't really matter. You're already getting those anyway. Um, So that's kind of the base level of coverage. Then on top of that, you've also got your award. So if you fall um, under coverage on an award, there's industry awards, there's job specific awards. So like hospitality, retail, um, those kinds of things, you're covered by an award. Or an enterprise agreement, which is like an organization-specific thing, really common in governments, large businesses, you'll have an enterprise agreement that 
is instead of the award. So it's one or the other. Or you might have nothing on that level and you might just be covered by the national employment standards and then the top level, which is your contract. So does that make sense? When you're looking at your contract, you have to know that the terms and conditions have to be read in conjunction with the award that applies if there is one, EA that applies if there is one, and the national employment standards, which always apply. Okay. Got it. You know what? I remember all of that from my year 12 legal studies teacher in our workplace topic. Thank you, Miss Odell. All right. Um, so, yeah, and now um, on to the, the rest of the, the kind of conversations on contracts, which are a little bit more general, I guess, um, for all of our listeners. So step one, <laughs> read it. <laughs> mm, Actually yeah. read it. Read every word. Don't skim yeah. it like the lease and sign it. Read it. It'll be good. <laughs> you should definitely read your lease as well. <laughs> um, <laughs> Just skim you- read. Read over it and I think there's a few things that you can be looking for. Um, You want to know if you are covered by an award, it will say it in your contract. You are covered by the retail industry award, you are covered by the manufacturing award, whatever it is, and your level under the award is X as well. So that helps you. Yeah, you you want to know your level because you want to be checking. Checking your pay rates. Some people just have no idea. Like you need to know if you're in a proper And you can then consult that award. If you've got specific questions that aren't mentioned in your contract, you can yeah, refer to that award. you can look it up. It's, yeah. yeah. All the details are under there. You want to know. Yeah. And if you think you should be covered by one and it doesn't mention it, then that's something that you should definitely ask. Which do Am I covered by an award? Which one? What level? Very If anything dodgy is going questions. on, if you think maybe you're getting underpaid or whatever, you want to know what award you are so you can look it up and mm. check and then exactly. use that as proof to be like, look, this is my award. I'm not being paid as per the award. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, you want to look for your probation period as well. Um, in Australia, these are pretty standard six months. Um, it can be shorter, um, but if it's shorter, something you just want to keep in mind is, again, in Australia, sorry, that's my area of expertise, um, you're not covered by unfair dismissal until you've been employed there longer than six months. So even if your probation period's three and you're like, woohoo, I'm in my fourth month, I'm safe. Mm, you not you don't have any unfair dismissal protection until six months. So So don't um, get to three months and slack off. Be a good employee yeah. <laughs> up until yeah. six so, months and every time every And day again that's that. why they're always six months, because if being any different from the, the unfair dismissal coverage just um doesn't really make a lot of sense. So yeah. Um but you want to understand your probation and your no- your notice period as well. That's another big one. And often the two go hand in hand because in your probation period your notice is likely to be shorter. And after your probation period, your notice is likely to be longer. Um, We talked about this briefly in our resigning um, episode of actually checking what your notice period is. I've heard recently of people who just um, gave two weeks notice just because they thought that two weeks notice was it sounds like a standard thing doesn't it yeah (laughs) when actually they only need based on their service they should have given three weeks notice and some of them even four weeks notice so some can be based on how long you've worked there you know the longer you have worked there the longer notice you have to give um so you definitely want to understand what that is really long notice periods can be like i don't know it's a bit of a double-edged sword because that if they want to get rid of you you have heaps of notice but if you want to leave, you have to give heaps of notice. Mm. <laughs> so think about what you want out of that situation, I think. Also, um, notice periods depending on industry. I know in my industry in media, like um, some of our announcers and sort of big name people 
um, have like three months where if mm. they resign, they'll be stood down without th- like for three months. Like they can't work because you've got a mm. like a contractual thing. They don't want you going to a competitor or whatever. Yeah. So like so depending be in on your, your notice- industry as well. That'll be in your notice period clause normally um, and it will say something like the employer may direct you not to work during this notice period. Um, so you're still in your notice period. You can't start a job anywhere else but they're directing yep. you not to work. So they call it kind of gardening leave, I guess. You hear that thrown around. Um, they're still in their notice period but they've just said, great, thanks for the notice but we're not allowing you to work because of where you're going. Yeah, but still you're getting still paid. stuck but with us. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah, you're just not – you're not – being put out there yeah another thing you really want to check for is confidentiality what is the clause about this what's your workplace Mm. deal yeah you might deal with with sales clients you might not be able to discuss this yep business secrets all that kind of thing um you want to be (laughs) if you work at kfc you can't give away the seven secret Secret (laughs) <laughs> the secret coca-cola recipe you can't give away the crabby patty formula i hope there's listeners out there that know what that is imagine if i'm just oh if i've God. just missed the mark and everyone's like what what is the crabby patty formula can everyone please dm us on instagram and tell me you know what i'm talking about the crabby patty secret formula yeah that plankton wants to steal and mr Krabs guards it with his life <laughs> Give ravioli, ravioli. Give me the formioli. <laughs> what? I've just gone Did even you make more that niche. Up or is that a genuine? I quote? think that's something that he says. I think. Oh my god, that's wow. somewhere in my head. Don't listen to him, SpongeBob. Remember, ravioli, ravioli. Give me the formioli. Too many years of SpongeBob. Anyway. Um, yeah, confidentiality. It it will also survive your employment. So what that means is after you've left there, you still can't you talk still about still can't give away the Krabby, the Krabby Patty. Patty formula. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Even after you've left working for the mm. Krabby Patty. What's the, what's it called? Wow. The shop. What's the the Chum Bucket? Mister. Oh. oh no, 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 that's Plankton's. Um, what's, I don't know. What is the name? We're going to have to do a live Google. SpongeBob's Workplace. That's what I'm Googling. <laughs> Six and a half hours later. The Krusty Krab. Duh. How could we forget? Oh, my God. The Krusty Krab. The Krusty Krab. Right. The Krusty Krab. Um, mind blank. So, yeah, even after you leave, you still can't give away the secret formula. Very you're helpful to know You're that. forever tied. Your loyalty is forever tied to the Krusty Krab. That's right. Yeah. Um, right. Then also, let's keep the um, the analogy going. Conflict of interest or a second job clause. These can kind of be tied in together. Um, often this will say that you need to disclose any other employment um, to your employer. So, and for example, if SpongeBob was like, Mr. Krabs I'm going to have a second want job you to go and work for Plankton. Exactly. That's it's right. A, it's a competitor. It's a conflict of interest. And it's, so even if it's just mopping the floors, he's going to be like, mm, I can't have you in there. It's it just going to look sit bad. Right with me. Yeah. People are going to go mm-hmm. over there and see you. Yeah, no good. <laughs> um, but in most cases, um, employers are okay with you having second jobs. It's just that you have to disclose them so that they can be aware of what it is and be comfortable with it. Um, and you want to make sure that you're aware of that clause because if you're doing something outside of work or you've got a side hustle or whatever, um, if that's employment and that's affected by that clause, you want to make sure you're above board and telling them about it. 
Next, you want to look and see if there's a restraint clause in there. Mm. Now, Sarah, I have no idea what this is. What does this mean? <laughs> so this would it means mean they can hold like you a- captive if you do something wrong. <laughs> Tie you up? No. Um, it's basically a non-compete. People would refer to it as, but it's called a restraint clause. That's what they would normally call it in a contract. Um, so this would say that for six months, you may not work for a direct burger chain in um, Bikini Bottom. <laughs> this SpongeBob analogy has gone too far. No, but it makes like, sense. It's really great. I always find it hard to come up with examples <laughs> off this because I don't want to give away real situations. Oh, my God. Um, that's amazing. So it, if you move to another state, it might be only state-based. So you could move to another state and work for a burger place there. Um, it might be town-based or whatever. It might be six months, three months, um, 12 months. You also might see what's known as a cascading restraint, which is um, basically it starts off really strong. So you may not work for 12 months in the whole of Australia at any competi- any direct competitor. And then it says, or if this is not enforceable, six months, New South Wales. Or if this is not enforceable, three months, New South Wales. And, it and what do they mean just, by if it's not enforceable? Well, it means that if you challenge it um, in court that they – would say, okay, if that one's not enforceable, then you have no restraint. So they have what like could some challenges be? Ones. Could you be like, I'm a single mom, I need I, to flip I, these burgers. Like I, it's that's the my only, only set of skills. Get. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's right. And so right. a note, but on I mean, is, a single mom probably wouldn't take them to court. But like, yeah, but it, gist. but essentially, an what example. you're saying, and exactly what you've touched on there is, they have to be enforceable and. If in the circumstances it wouldn't be enforceable because you, that's you know you literally know how to manufacture car parts and there's only you know your factory's shutting down or I don't know like you yeah they, ha- okay. they can't be so debilitating that they th- that they make you not be able to work so but still relevant you want to know what that restraint clause is um, just to have an and idea what, if that what might kind affect of thing you could happen say if you never read your contract and there was mm. a restraint clause for like a car parts salesman or something and you went somewhere else and they found out, what could they do? Could they sue you? Like, could you go to jail? What's the implications of that? Yeah, you can end up in court for a breach of contract. Yeah. So, look, I mean, the the likelihood of that happening, I've never seen it happen in my career. Um, Yeah, I think if you were like, top executive and you went yeah, somewhere I was else to say, lead the direct competitor. I think this is more at play for, for yeah. very high profile, wealthy, exactly. big corporations. Because the cost still. of the cost of doing that for a company versus the what you've damaged the company, yeah. like they don't weigh up, right? So you would but have to have... we might have some top doggy listeners who are in those positions. Yeah, so maybe. Yeah. Be woke. Be and aware. just consider like what does the restraint clause say? Does it cover everyone in your industry? Does it cover just some some people? Um, yeah, definitely want to read it. You also want to look out for if there's any we can change your role or location clause. This is interesting. Yeah. So I used to get questions about this all the time. And if there was one section in the contract that I always got people um, questioning or objecting to, it was it was this clause. Um, and I just want to give some context because it's not always as bad as you think. Essentially, it says your employer may unilaterally – like as in without um, without your say without exception yeah and by the, by themselves may unilaterally change your um, job or your location essentially why that's in there 
is to make sure that your contract allows for your job to be changed. They can't just say, Emma, your job's now in Queensland and not do anything about it. You're still covered by the National Employment Standards and all of the Fair Work Act as well, all the other legislation. That's why I wanted to kind of bring that in. It's all still in place. So you would be able to say, that's a significant change of my job. You owe me a redundancy because my job doesn't exist where I am anymore. But if they moved up the road, your contract would be void if they didn't have this clause. Does that make sense? Yeah. Because they haven't been able to change it. So these are the these are these kinds of clauses that you see in there that will sound quite scary you can definitely Maybe ask freak for clarification you out, but- yeah but you're still covered by all the things that you would be covered by to protect you from those sorts of things happening so if they did change your role and they promoted you it just means that your contract doesn't cease to exist because they've promoted you right like your contract still applies in that situation with the confidentiality all that other stuff so they just have to have it in there so that they have the option to change things they still have to have you agree they can't just move you somewhere for sure now that all those boring little clausey clausey parts are over um hot tip Anything you've agreed or discussed about mm. the role should be in there. Salary, bonus, commission, yeah. leave, flexible working conditions, any little extra bits that you've discussed need to be in the contract in writing. Yeah, completely. Um, definitely. Just that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> that is all I have to say. So we've done the contract. Now some just other general tips about, you know, getting the contract back and mm. starting that process. Be prepared and know in advance mm. what super fund or retirement fund you're going to use. Get your tax file number ready, yeah. your passport, have social security for the US, like all the things that you know they're going to need. They tend to be pretty standard from job to job and you know they're going to ask for them. Get that stuff ready. Um, you I might have need- a folder on my laptop of just all those things mm. because how often do you need seven forms of identification for so many different I things? Know. So yeah, I just have little scans. You need your ID um, and get your paper. Get your paperwork in quickly. Like the quicker you get it to them, the better they can get the ball rolling. Don't be that person they're chasing yeah. up. And I think some people kind of think, oh well, I've got a two week notice period. Like I've got time to send it all back. And yeah, you do. Um, I don't want you to like you know like ruin your life to try and get everything back quickly but sometimes their process on the other end of like setting you up in the system and doing things requires you to send your paperwork back so they can't do the next steps to get you ready for your first day until you've sent it all back so just keep that in mind and I just love it when someone sends it back like I've sent it the that afternoon and it's back that night and in my inbox ready the next morning like it's so Mm, good good students yeah they're ready they're organized and it means I can move on like if you send it back a week later I'm like oh I forgot about that like I've got to go back and action all of that yeah send it back I think this is interesting you have here send all pages back not just the signed ones it seems obvious but I feel like that's something I would do like send the last page back (laughs) because that's all you had to sign but like you're not really then agreeing to the contract are you because it's not the complete document and if I save that okay imagine that we're in a situation where challenging your confidentiality because you've told someone about the Krabby Patty secret formula (laughs) and I have to prove that you never do such a thing by the way (laughs) and I have to prove that you agreed to the confidentiality clause and in your folder I open it up and I've got the word document version that I created and then I've just got 
the signature page. Page seven of from me. And it just like, how can I prove that you signed that whole document? Like, I can't. Yeah, true, true, You need true. all pages. And I've seen a lot of people do this, particularly when they're like having to print it all off and they just think, oh, I'm just trying to do it quicker and I don't want to print all of the pages. I know it's annoying, but if they have given them to you like printable paper or whatever. <laughs> They've given them to you for a reason. Yeah, you have to send them all back. Um, the only thing that this doesn't and go for is like the instruction pages of the government forms. You don't need to mm. send back the instruction pages, but if it's got a section on it that was for you to fill in, even if it's not relevant, you have to send the whole form. Yeah. And a little tech um, tech tip here. Often PDFs will be fillable and once mm. you're done entering information, save it and then go Dot to. online to sign it. Yeah, so you can – Oh, and then, yeah. A lot of the government forms and stuff will be fillable, PDF, so you can normally open them up and, like, start typing into them, um, which is super handy. So you can use that to type in all your name and date of birth and whatever, and then you save it as a PDF again um, and then go to, like, literally just search on Google. There's heaps of different ones. Sign PDF free online, and you'll find something that you can just upload your contract squiggle your name on the screen and do it all digitally and then you don't have to print them out at all amazing but if you are a a fossil and you print things (laughs) some um, employers require you to print them so just you know (laughs) don't call people fossils fossils. (laughs) some employers are fossils Um, you know my current employer was doing paper forms until i was like "Mm -mm, i can't handle this sweetie Mm -mm, online mm -mm. we're going online think of the trees won't someone think of the trees Um, Sarah, you've written here, if you're printing, get a scanner app for your iPhone, but bestie, it's in your notes. Didn't you know that on your iPhone? I, it's a game changer. I don't know if I knew that. What do you mean? I, Sarah, that is embarrassing. All right. Go into your iPhone right now. We're going to do a live tutorial for everyone that's here listening. Let's do it. So you go into your notes, create a new note, you know, just Mm -hmm. as if you're about to type something. Yeah. And then when you press on the cursor. Down the bottom, you've got all those little icons. There's like mm-hmm. the letter A for font, the tick. Press the camera mm-hmm. and you press scan documents oh. and then it comes up Hold with on, this thing some, and documents. you literally just hold up a bit of paper, take the photo and it'll autofill with a big yellow screen of what it thinks. Like it's that smart. It knows what you're going to scan. But if it gets it a little bit wrong, you just once you take the photo, pull down the border to crop it nicely and then you just press um, – keep scan oh my god and then you just do it again and repeat with all of the pictures until you're done and then you press save and then it is a little pdf and then from and there then you can press like file well let me I, I haven't finished my i'm so excited tutorials. i'm doing this live it's really you're not cool. a good listener so then once the pdf is created um you press the little arrow you can either press save to files, which it just saves in like your phone files. And then mm. when you go into email and press attach something on your phone, it'll come up with files and then you yeah. can like select it like that. Or you just straight press mail and it'll literally mail it to someone from your phone. Oh, that's And awesome. you can also, you could do this with your contract, take all the pictures and then you press the little pen and you can actually sign it this way. So <gasps> Apple's thought of it. Don't go and download an app. Apple I have, has I already got our backs. That's so funny. That's I, so I love my scanner app. But this is, this is very Jar convenient. Like you, so convenient. So 
I hope you've learned something. To do um, this now, there's no excuse. If you've got an iPhone, I don't want weird pictures where I can see your like your living room table in the background. I want a, no. a PDF. Can you proper give scan. me credit when you tell people about it? Yeah, absolutely. Give me I'll some tell street everyone. cred. My sister did yeah. this for me. Um, so I would recommend saving them to your files, like you just said, um, because my next tip is if you want to be like you know a, a bit extra and a bit like you know teacher's pet a and type get bonus points yep I really ask you to label them correctly it would be you don't have to like but the I love it when people do this for me put your name label what individual pages no no not the pages the documents just save the, so say you've yeah, done okay. your contract and then you save that as one file and you do your tax form and you save that as a different file and then you do your emergency contact form or whatever else stuff they need and you save that separately Often they mm. need to be saved separately so that when I open your folder and I'm looking for something on you, they're not just all in the one document, like scrolling, 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 where's the thing? Yeah. I want to be able to open just your contract or I want to be able to open just your personal details or your bank information or whatever. So save them separately but put them as Emma Smith dash and then whatever the document is. Mm. Oh, I love you it You sound like a high school this. teacher. Or a uni teacher. I the know. amount of times they're like, label it correctly. I don't know who assessment one is. Put your name. <laughs> I just love it when but people I, do this because then I don't have to change all their names. Because yeah. a lot of people, because it's them, they would just call it contract. And that's yeah, fine. But There's nothing wrong with that. I'm not you? I'm not hating on anyone who does this at all. But I have to change it. Just, just so you know, I have to change it, its name, yeah. so that I can find it later. Because I can't have a document in there just called contract like I need it to say Emma Smith Mm. contract September 2021 or whatever so if you do part of that for me I can just dump them in your folder and it's just going to make me happy so there you go we love that yeah and lastly check for requirements for attachments Mm. forms often require you to submit your proof of work and lots of people ignore it yeah um this one is really common. Often a form will say we need to, you know, please submit your passport or a driver's license to prove that you have the right to work in Australia. Um, or your super form actually says please attach a letter um, from your fund yeah, mm-hmm. confirming that they're a complying super fund. The amount of people who don't attach it, like it's fine. I can find it online for you, but <laughs> just that's annoying. You know, Extra read work. the things yeah. for the attachments. It's really nice when you do that. Um and you don't have to be chased by it. And then if you do all of these things and get your forms in like the next day, like promptly, amazing. Like you've started off They're on a great foot you. and you've got like, you know, someone in recruitment or HR who's like, oh, this person is so efficient. Love it. Well, there you have it. There's the app on contracts and employment documents. If you've listened to this episode, congratulations, because it means I know you've just started a new job and How we're exciting. so proud of you. And We'll be able to track our insights. Maybe you're just manifesting. Yeah, true. But still, we'll be able to check our insights and I'll do a little happy dance when I see that like lots of people listen to this one and I'll be like, oh my God, all our little young grasshoppers off getting little jobs. Oh, everyone's so shooting their shot and winning. So good. All right, that's it. We'll be back in your ears next week. Thanks so much for listening to Interview Boss. If you like hearing the sound of our voices hit that follow button in Apple or Spotify, or better yet, tell someone about the show and how great we are. That's how we can hit the charts and help even more people. For more advice, inspiration, and a supportive community, check us out on Instagram at interviewboss. 
we've been your job search besties and helped you in some way, there's a cool way you can support the show. Shout us a virtual coffee. We get a huge kick out of reading all of your success stories. Head to buymeacoffee.com forward slash interview boss and shout us a cuppa. If you keep us caffeinated, we can keep the content coming. <laughs>